Welcome to the Unfair Podcast. Welcome to this OMFIF podcast, where we'll be discussing our upcoming report on central bank reserve managers, how they've moved assets, how currencies have shifted in the global monetary system. I'm Julian Jacobs, a senior economist at OMFIF, and I'm speaking right now with Taylor Pierce, who is also a senior economist at OMFIF. And Taylor, I guess, looking ahead towards the launch of GPI on June 27th. Can you tell listeners a little bit about the report and what it's all about? Sure. Thanks, Julian. So our global public investor is a part of OMFIF's flagship report series, which analyzed the investment strategies of a few key institutional investor groups. So this part of our two-part publication series focuses on central bank reserves management. Last year, the combined series between our Survey of Central Bank Reserves Managers and Public Pension and Sovereign Funds surveyed 92 public investors with a combined assets under management of $8 trillion. And this year, we're excited to say that we have received survey responses from 75 central banks around the world, totaling $4.8 trillion US dollars in AUM, which is a little over a third of all global reserve assets. And we survey them on their asset allocation strategy, currencies, asset classes, geographic exposure, in addition to other topical areas like ESG strategies, and this year, a chapter on data and operating models. So last year, one of the key themes that we saw in the report was this flight to safety among central bank reserve managers, where amid the war, inflation, they seem to be moving their asset allocation and their currency holdings toward things that they thought were safer. What are they doing this year? Well, it's a good question. It seems that the trend, which you mentioned, which we found last year of a flight to safety has continued this year. So without giving too much away from the report, which is going to be launched at the end of next month, we can already see from our analysis of the surveys that reserves managers are consolidating their positions after having suffered losses last year. We saw the biggest dip in a decade of central bank reserves globally. And we also see that reserves managers are increasing their demand for government bonds. This is being driven, of course, by higher yields, in addition to risk aversion of other less safe assets. And finally, in previous years where we saw a drive toward diversification and an increased interest among reserves managers toward alternative assets like real estate, or even private equity in some cases. This year, gold seems to be the haven, which is providing diversification. So those are kind of the three key takeaways that we see, the high-level findings. So turning to another aspect of reserve management behavior that seems to have been impacted by the war in some ways, I want to ask you about currency allocation and currency flows. So One thing that is certainly a topic of discussion in monetary spaces is this question around de-dollarization and the extent to which in the medium or longer term, we may see a decline in USD dominance as measured by its share of overall currency holdings. Last year was interesting because amid the war, we saw this movement of central bank reserve managers seemingly back toward the US dollar. How are currency flows looking this year? What are are reserve managers doing? Right. Well, it's a good question. And as you mentioned, 
de-dollarization is an ongoing trend that we've witnessed over the past several years. But obviously, Russia's invasion of Ukraine catalyzed this trend to some extent. So the big question is really not if central banks are diversifying away from the US dollar, but when and how quickly are they doing that? We can see from our survey findings that central banks have an intention to gradually move away from the dollar. But they do still expect, at least in the next 10 years, that the US dollar will remain the dominant reserve currency. The shift toward other currencies, in particular the renminbi, seems like it is taking place, although this is going at a very slow rate. So the share of reserves managers looking to increase their renminbi holdings in the next few years has actually decreased from last year, which to us seems to indicate a slowing of the trend without necessarily a reversal of this trend toward diversification into RMB. It's also anticipated that the renminbi's share in global reserves will increase, but this is well expected to be quite marginal. And a lot of the survey respondents also voiced concerns about market transparency, geopolitics, and other pretty significant barriers to further adoption of the renminbi. It's also worth noting that for perhaps the first time since we run this survey, there's a positive view on the euro um, as a reserves currency. So the euro seems to be the primary currency that reserves managers are looking to increase their holdings of in the next 12 to 24 months. And this suggests that it may be benefiting from this trend of diversification and specifically the trend of moving away from the US dollar. There's a lot more detail on this in the report, but those are some of the high level trends. Yes, and, and definitely it's going to be very interesting to look at some of these findings amid these ongoing questions about the rattling of the debt ceiling debate in the U.S. right now and what that the effect of that might be on, on these definitely. de-dollarization trends. So what, one final question about the report that I want to ask about is ESG. So last year, we wrote about how central bank reserve managers were looking at sustainable assets, green bonds, for example. We didn't see a lot of movement towards those assets last year, but it did seem like things were getting potentially a little bit better. Has there been any change this year? Well, I would say on ESG, as with de-dollarization, it's another story of slowly but surely. So just to give a little bit of context, ESG adoption in terms of integration, stress testing capabilities. Those are some ESG considerations that we see central banks are broadly looking to increase their adoption of, of these strategies. Climate risks are considered material for all monetary policymakers. On the reserves management side, it's a bit slower in terms of the take up of ESG investment and green or other labeled bond holdings. So we do see an increase Again, slight, but an increase in the share of institutions implementing a range of ESG considerations. But if we look a bit more closely at the data, it seems like a similar share of institutions are implementing a more diverse set of ESG criteria. So the same institutions that were already considering ESG factors or strategies are now doing more. And it seems that the number or share of institutions hasn't necessarily gone up. And there is a pretty stark divide between advanced and emerging economies on this, with the vast majority of advanced economies 
reporting to implement some form of ESG criteria, which is not the case for emerging economies. We see that green bonds are still far and away the most important ESG asset class and a sizable portion of respondents are already holding green bonds and are looking to increase their allocations to this asset in the next two years. And a lot of this, it's worth noting, is being driven by European reserves managers. But insufficient data on ESG is continuing to be a big challenge. And I just want to preface all of this by saying that in the current macroeconomic environment, which is seen by most to now be, in addition to inflationary, stagflationary, with a very sizable portion reporting fear of a global economic slowdown in the next one to two years, it seems that climate considerations are taking a backseat to the more acute concerns over a potential recession and inflation over the short term. Well, thank you for walking through all of this for us, uh, Taylor. So the report is going to come out again on June 27th, and listeners will be able to tune into that event launch. They'll be able to check out the report and really dive deeper into all of these findings that we're talking about now. But in the meantime, we hope this has been a helpful preview of this year's uh, Global Public Investor Report. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Taylor. And uh, have a great day. Thank you for listening to the OMFIF podcast.